Section 22 of Insurgent Mexico. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Insurgent Mexico by John Reed. Part 3. Jimenez and Points West. Chapter 2. Duello a la Frigada. I wandered up the mile-long, incredibly dilapidated street that leads to the town. A streetcar came past, drawn by one galloping mule, and bulging with slightly intoxicated soldiers. Open surreys full of officers with girls on their laps rolled along. Under the dusty bare alamo trees, each window held its senorita, with a blanket-wrapped caballero in attendance. There were no lights. The night was dry and cold, and full of a subtle, exotic excitement. Guitars twanged, snatches of song and laughter, and low voices, and shouts from distant streets filled the darkness. Occasionally little companies of soldiers on foot came along, or a troop of horsemen in high sombreros and serapes jingled silently out of the blackness and faded away again, bound probably for the relief of guard. In one quiet stretch of street near the bull ring, where there are no houses, I noticed an automobile speeding from the town. At the same time, a galloping horse came from the other direction, and just in front of me, the headlights of the machine illumined the horse and the rider, a young officer in a Stetson hat. The automobile jarred to a grinding stop, and a voice from it cried, Atoye! Who speaks? asked the horseman, pulling his mount to its haunches. I, Guzman, and the other leaped to the ground and came into the light, a coarse fat Mexican, with a sword at his belt. Como le va, mi capitan? The officer flung himself from his horse. They embraced, patting each other on the back with both hands. Very well, and you? Where are you going? To see Maria. The captain laughed. Don't do it, he said. I'm going to see Maria myself, and if I see you there, I shall certainly kill you but I am going just the same, and I am as quick with a pistol as you, senor. But you see, returned the other mildly, we both cannot go. Perfectly. Oiga, said the captain to his chauffeur, turn your car so as to throw the light evenly along the sidewalk, and now we will walk thirty paces apart and stand with our backs turned until you count three. Then the man who puts a bullet through the other man's hat wins. Both men drew immense revolvers and stood a moment in the light, spinning the chambers. Listo, ready, cried the horseman. Hurry it, said the captain. It is a bad thing to balk love. Back to back, they had already begun to pace the distance. One, shouted the chauffeur. Two. But quick as a flash, the fat man wheeled in the trembling, uncertain light, threw down his lifted arm, and a mighty roar went soaring slowly into the heavy night. The Stetson of the other man, whose back was still turned, took an odd leap ten feet beyond him. He spun around, but the captain was already climbing into his machine. Bueno, he said cheerfully, I win. Until tomorrow then, amigo. And the automobile gathered speed and disappeared down the street. The horseman slowly went to where his hat lay, picked it up, and examined it. He stood a moment meditating, and then deliberately mounted his horse, and he also went away. I had already started some time before. 
in the plaza the regimental band was playing el pagare the song which started orozco's revolution it was a parody of the original referring to mandero's payment of his family's seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar war claims as soon as he became president that spread like wildfire over the republic and had to be suppressed with police and soldiers el pagare is even now taboo in most revolutionary circles and i have heard of men being shot for singing it but in jimenez at this time the utmost license prevailed moreover the mexicans unlike the french have absolutely no feeling for symbols bitterly antagonistic sides use the same flag in the plaza of almost every town still stand eulogistic statues of porfirio diaz even at officers mess in the field i have drunk from glasses stamped with the likeness of the old dictator while federal army uniforms are plentiful in the ranks but el pagare is a swinging glorious tune and under the hundreds of little electric light globes strung on the plaza a double procession marched gaily round and round on the outside in groups of four went the men mostly soldiers on the inside in the opposite direction the girls walked arm in arm as they passed they threw handfuls of confetti at one another they never talked to one another never stopped but as a girl caught a man's fancy he slipped a lover's note into her hand as she went by and she answered with a smile if she liked him thus they met and later the girl would manage to let the caballero know her address this would lead to long talks at her window in the darkness and then they would be lovers it was a delicate business this handing of notes every man carried a gun and every man's girl was his jealously guarded property it was a killing matter to hand a note to someone else's girl the close-packed throng moved gaily along thrilling to the music beyond the plaza gave the ruins of marcos russet's store which these same men had looted less than two weeks before and at one side the ancient pink cathedral towered among its fountains and great trees with the iron and glass illuminated sign santo cristo de burgos shining above the door there at the side of the plaza i came upon a little group of five americans huddled upon a bench they were ragged beyond belief all except a slender youth in leggings and a federal officer's uniform who wore a crownless mexican hat feet protruded from their shoes none had more than the remnants of socks all were unshaven one mere boy wore his arm in a sling made of a torn blanket they made room for me gladly stood up crowded around cried how good it was to see another american among all these damn greasers what are you fellows doing here i asked we are soldiers of fortune said the boy with the wounded arm ah interrupted another soldiers of ye see it's that way began the soldierly-looking youth we've been fighting right along in the brigada zaragoza was at the battle of ojinaga and everything and now comes an order from villa to discharge all the americans in the ranks and ship em back to the border ain't that a hell of a note last night they gave us our honorable discharges and threw us out of the quartel said a one-legged man with red hair and we ain't had any place to sleep and nothing to eat broke in a little gray-eyed boy whom they called the major don't try and panhandle the guy rebuked the soldier indignantly ain't we each going to get fifty mechs in the morning we adjourned for a short time to a nearby restaurant and when we returned i asked them what they were going to do 
the old U.S. for mine, breathed the good-looking black Irishman who hadn't spoken before. I'm going back to San Fran and drive a truck again. I'm sick of greasers, bad food, and bad fighting. I got my two honorable discharges from the United States Army, announced the soldierly youth proudly. Served through the Spanish War, I did. I'm the only soldier in this bunch. The others sneered and cursed sullenly. Guess I'll re-enlist when I get over the border. Not for mine, said the one-legged man. I'm wanted for two murder charges. I didn't do it, I swear to God I didn't. It was a frame-up. But a poor guy hasn't got a chance in the United States. When they ain't framing up some fake charge against me, they jail me for a vag. I'm all right, though, he went on earnestly. I'm a hard-working man, only I can't get no job. The major raised his hard little face and cruel eyes. I got out of a reform school in Wisconsin, he said, and I guess there's some cops waiting for me in El Paso. I always wanted to kill somebody with a gun, and I done it at Ojinaga, and I ain't got a bellyful yet. They told us we could stay if we signed Mex citizenship papers. I guess I'll sign tomorrow morning. The hell you will, cried the others. That's a rotten thing to do. Suppose we get intervention and you have to shoot against your own people. You won't catch me signing myself away to be a greaser. That's easy fix, said the major. When I go back to the States, I leave my name here. I'm going to stay down here till I get enough of a stake to go back to Georgia and start a child labor factory. The other boy had suddenly burst into tears. I got my arm shot through in Ojinaga, he sobbed and now they're turning me loose without any money and i can't work when i get to el paso the cops will jail me and i have to write my dad to come and take me home to california i run away from there last year he explained look here major i advise you better not stay down here if villa wants americans out of the ranks being a mexican citizen won't help you if intervention comes perhaps you're right agreed the major thoughtfully Ah, uh, quit your ballin', Jack. I guess I'll beat it over to Galveston and get on a South American boat. They say there's a revolution started in Peru. The soldier was about thirty, the Irishman twenty-five, and the three others somewhere between sixteen and eighteen. What did you fellows come down here for? I asked. Excitement, answered the soldier and the Irishman, grinning. The three boys looked at me with eager, earnest faces, drawn with hunger and hardship. Loot, they said simultaneously. I cast an eye at their dilapidated garments, at the throngs of tattered volunteers parading around the plaza, who hadn't been paid for three months, and restrained a violent impulse to shout with mirth. Soon I left them, hard, cold misfits in a passionate country, despising the cause for which they were fighting, sneering at the gaiety of the irrepressible Mexicans. And as I went away, I said, By the way, what company did you fellows belong to? What did you call yourselves? The red-haired youth answered, The Foreign Legion, he said. I want to say right here that I saw few soldiers of fortune except one, and he was a dry-as-dust scientist, studying the action of high explosives and field guns who would not have been tramps in their own country. It was late at night when I finally got back to the hotel. Doña Luisa went ahead to see to my room, and I stopped a moment in the bar. Two or three soldiers, evidently officers, were drinking there, one pretty far gone. 
He was a pock-faced man, with a trace of mustache. His eyes couldn't seem to focus. But when he saw me, he began to sing a pleasant little song. Yo tengo un pistole, con monago de marfil, para matar todos los gringos, que vienen por ferrocarril. I have a pistol with a marble handle, with which to kill all the Americans who come by railroad. I thought it diplomatic to leave, because you can never tell what a Mexican will do when he's drunk. His temperament is much too complicated. Doña Luisa was in my room when I got there. With a mysterious finger to her lips, she shut the door and produced from beneath her skirt a last year's copy of the Saturday Evening Post, in an incredible state of disillusion. I got it out of the safe for you, she said. The damn thing's worth more than anything in the house. I've been offered $15 for it by Americans going out to the mines. You see, we haven't had any American magazines in a year now. End of section 22